0: Welcome back, welcome back I know it's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you What else some dope sports to step to It's your man Big Cliff and welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk As always you can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Make sure to hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net And as always you can hit me on Instagram at Carolina sports Talk. Woo, woo! Has it been a weekend, or has it been a weekend? I'm talking sports, every which way, <laughs> coming, going, left, right, up, down. I am so excited for today's show. um Jam packed, got a lot of different things we're going to touch on. Nothing too long, but got to give y'all what what the people want. You know, we're going to touch in a little bit about the Panthers, the tournament, some baseball. Um, and even get to some of your emails So without further ado, let's jump in Let's start with a little bit of the basketball We had some champions that were crowned recently Both in the men and the women um, In the final form, heartbreaker was Lost by one point uh, The South Carolina Gamecock women lost 65-66 to 66 To the eventual champion Stanford Cardinal Applause and shout out to them um, the women played some tough ball, man. Uh, the Arizona-Stanford game was a good game. Uh, the Final Four overall, for me, was was an experience just to see uh, where the women started off at the beginning of the tournament and some of the, just the conditions that they had to overcome and and some some of the, some of the scraps and fights throughout the actual gameplay. Um, I saw some early, or two early top 25 that's listing both UConn and South Carolina in the top three, so... Uh, We'll see what next season brings, but again, congratulations to the Lady Cardinal on the women's side. Now, on the men's side, uh, the Baylor Bears played against the Gonzaga Bulldogs. That was a good game. I don't know if you guys had a chance to catch it, but the Baylor Bears won their first national championship. Shout out to them, Uh, finishing with a record of 28-2. They beat the Braves. (laughs) Off of the Gonzaga Bulldogs, man, who had an undefeated record of thirty-one and O coming in and finish out the season on a third with a record of thirty-one and one. There's a couple of things that uh, that I took away from this game. First, just with the rebuild that Baylor had to go through, uh, many of you may remember a few year, a good bit of years ago, about eighteen, the scandal that was there, where one of the players actually killed another one of the players, uh, and the coaching staff was a part of the cover up of that murder, and, and they just bottomed out their program. They lost players. They lost coaching staff. They lost scholarships. They just, uh, at one point, the coach had more walk-on basketball players than he had scholarship players on their team. So to see where they came from and to where they are now, it's a good look for Baylor, and I'm excited for them. Shout-out to the coach because, like I said, he 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 did what he, he had to do to stick, first of all, stick around long. because, I'm sorry, if I come and we sucking like that, I can't promise you that I'm saying. <laughs> look, it just is what it is, but they were able to pull it out. Now, on the other side of that, there were a lot, none here at Carolina Sports Talk, because we ain't about their life, but there were a lot of people who were hailing the Gonzala Bull, Gonzaga Bulldogs as one of the best teams ever. Bro. Granted, they were almost undefeated, and no team has done that since 1976. And so we're going to give them the the respect that they have earned for that record. They they fought hard all season, especially with COVID. Getting all the way through the season that they did without a loss was, was a major accomplishment. But, bro, I can think of at least 10 different Carolina and Duke teams that were better than this Gonzaga squad. I'm not going to go through and list them unless you want me to. And if so, hit me up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. But no, they were good, but they weren't that good. They were fundamental basketball. They were an essentially consistent team that is was just a typical Mark Few team. Uh, they they come coming from the mid-majors. They they, they played hardball. They played good defense. But they came up against the Baylor Bears, bro. And when, when Baylor was just warming up, I was looking at it and I was like, "Is this a basketball team they get ready to play, or is this the the, the Panthers <laughs> wide receivers and linebackers? Because in size matters. Pause. It's like every time the Gonzaga would get into the paint and where they were used to just muscling and having their way, they they weren't able to do it. And so, um, yeah, it, it just." They weren't as good as a lot of people were hyping them out to be. Another reason that I think that this, uh, that I'm more pleased with the outcome is because honestly, it would have been perpetuated so much worse had Gonzaga won. Oh my gosh, 32 and 0, the first undefeated team, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, it's a good thing for the sport. It shows two things. One, that if you put in the work, no matter how far down your team and your program may be, you have the ability to come back and be at the pinnacle of the sport. Two, there are. Very few undefeated teams these days because there is so much parity in college basketball. Now that's not the same to be said in NCAA football. College football, you can almost pencil in every year. Your Florida, no, well, not Florida State's. <laughs> But, no, you can almost pencil in every year your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your Ohio States, and even some of the other teams that may not consistently make it, they're still going to get that buzz. You're going to have your Michigans there. You're going to have your Notre Dames there. Um, The SEC will always reign supreme, just is what it is. Um, We can have a discussion on it if you want to, but the SEC is college football. And so to have that level of dominance from the big boys on that perspective – and then have it just completely flipped on its side in the men's tournament with the basketball, it is a good thing for the sport. Had Gonzaga won, it, it, it would have been cool. Um, aside from, like I said, having to listen to the greatest team ever. Yeah, no, they're not. But, uh, I think it's good for the parody of the sport and it is good for Baylor bears. So congratulations to them again. And, um, we hope to see them next year. Cause, um, they have some talent on both sides of the ball. And like I said, defense, uh, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. And as evidenced by this one here, Baylor Bears, they, they did it the right way. And we just hope they can sustain and bring it back next year as well. Now, just as soon as I was trying to process uh, all this good basketball I seen all weekend or that I have seen that I saw, sorry, mom, um, here comes out of nowhere my Carolina Panthers, and they say they're going to make some moves. Now, this was a move worthy of me hearing something that I would normally hear inside the stadium, so I'm going to give you all a little taste of it. Reaching out, touching me. Oh, yeah. That good old Sweet Carolina. Yes, sir. The Carolina Panthers have positioned themselves In a way that is exciting for me I'm trying to tell you about it Like, for those of you who haven't heard First of all, what rock have you been living under? Second of all, come on back in here with us The New York Jets have traded Sam Darnold The number three overall pick from the 2018 draft To the Carolina Panthers for three picks A sixth rounder in this year, the 2021 draft And then two more picks next year A second rounder and a fourth rounder This is interesting on so many levels We're going to start off with the Jets perspective And and let me tell you a little bit about it I guess from what I see on their side Um, First of all that, that just lets you know that they are committed to a quarterback at the number two pick. Um, I mentioned it last week that there was a good chance that they were going to do that with all signs pointing towards Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, being the guy that they were looking to get. I could have seen a scenario where Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson just kind of had a a, a battle there on the, on the roster to see who's going to be the best, to to be able to push one another and have that competition to allow the Jets to really, really just be able to have the best option out there. But they said, hey, nope, we're not even going to do that. We are going to go and just, hey, we're moving forward with Zach Wilson. It did two things. One, financially gave them the option and the ability to just kind of spread that money into other places. And then two, it makes whomever they bring in as it as their new quarterback, if it is Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick, it just allows that individual to be the, the forefront franchise clear-cut starting quarterback. Uh, Additionally, the Jets now have 21 selections over the next two drafts, 21 selections. Can uh, (laughs) I need y'all to like wrap your minds around? There have been drafts where in years past, the Panthers have had four and five picks for the entire draft. And the Jets now have 21 over the next two. Uh, and that includes seven picks within the first two rounds. If ne- now I get it, <laughs> it's still the Jets. <laughs> now I'm not getting ahead of myself, nor am I getting ahead of them. But Joe Douglas has loaded himself and his gun with the weapons necessary to actually make some 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 halfway decent decisions some decisions that will allow them to move forward in a positive way. I love Robert Sala. I I think he can do a really good job coaching them. And so if they are able to hit on even, let's say, let's say by the numbers, if they are the jets and they jet it up, if they hit on 50% of the talent that they select over the next two years, that now leaves them with 10 quality, 10 quality players for their team, Position to be able to move forward. Uh, now, again, their division is what it is, and and they're gonna have to fight with Miami and 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 New England and all the rest of them. And I get it, but if you hit on ten players over two years, you you, you got some guys, and don't let them mess around and be like the quarterback high off this year or one of their two uh, first round picks this year about uh, next year. They, they really, really, really have an option and an ability to grow and be something serious. So we're going to keep an eye on the Jets and see what Grand Green can do over the next two years and uh, see if they can make that kind of fit for them. Now on the other side of that coin, the Carolina Panthers have a quarterback. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. When I first heard it, I was actually at a softball game for Columbia College, uh, checking out the Lady Koalas. Uh, had a, not a great game, but they fought hard. Uh, they actually are in action this Saturday, too. Might give them a little shout-out. So, shout-out to the Columbia College Koalas softball team. But I was there, and, and the alert came across my phone, and my mouth dropped, and I went, Sam Darnold? because I was not at all interested in this guy. And somehow I knew that he was going to be the guy. Now, side note, does anybody else think that Sam Darnold looks like the little kid from the uh, Incredibles? Uh, Is it just me? It can't just be me. But anyway, Sam Darnold has some of the most impressive intangibles. As I started really thinking about it and even going back to when he was drafted number third overall to the Jets, I, I knew just from watching him at USC. I knew that he had the big arm. I knew that he had some scramble ability. I knew that he also was somebody who had that talent. But when he went to the Jets, it was like, well, that's going to do him. And sure enough, it did. So by all accounts, him having the opportunity to come to a Carolina Panther squad that has not been devoid of talent. Last year, we had two 1,000-yard receivers. One of the most dynamic and threatening tools in the NFL, Mr. Christian McCaffrey, is healthy. He has the ability to just get, break open a game at any point, whether it be from the receiving, whether it be from the rushing, whether it be from blocking. I've never seen somebody take such passion and just an intense pride and in blocking like Mr. Christian McCaffrey does. So you add to two... 1,000-yard receivers, one of whom who he has already had a rapport. He threw, uh, to, to of all of the receivers that he's had um, in his brief time in the league, Sam Darnold has thrown seven touchdowns to two players. One of them, Mr. Robbie Anderson. 1000 yard receiver for the carolina panthers so he's already got that instant rapport there that's somebody who is going to help him acclimate to the system that much more somebody who he's comfortable with somebody who uh by and if any of y'all have ever heard robbie talk robbie is uh, how can i say robbie hood Ra- <laughs> robbie's not your typical nfl player with the yes well we got play place hey look i come out here and i'm trying to play football I'm just running. If they get in my way, I'm going to run past them. If they try to tackle me, they going to lose. Like Robbie just really ain't about nothing other than playing football, getting paid and not paying people to do his hair. So he's going to focus on this football aspect. And if he has that camaraderie and that, that, just rapport built with Sam Darnold, is going to make it that much more effective and that much quicker that he acclimates to the system. Now, I made a very bold claim that this move would be the move that would win the Carolina Panthers the Super Bowl. Some of (laughs) y'all, I've gotten some text message, some Facebook messages. Uh, I've just gotten a little pushback about that, but here's, here's why I say it and listen to me. Even if Sam Darnold does not win, per se, himself a Super Bowl, it shows a pivoting in the NFL and in specifically the Carolina Panthers franchise with a willingness to go for the big trade. Now, is this the trade that we all the big trade that we all wanted? No, not by any means, but it is one that we would have not made in years past. So to see something that they really wanted to go for and really said, Hey, we we like it already. Matt Rule said when he interviewed for the Jets job two years or three years ago when he actually ended up taking hours that he liked Sam Darnold, that he would look forward to working with him so he had an opportunity to study the young man three years ago and to know what kind of quarterback he was then and so to now be put into position to have that chance to work with him and not only with him but to begin having that instant chemistry with the receivers with a Christian McCaffrey who he worked out with back in 2019 in an offseason workout. So Sam Donald has that experience and rapport with Christian McCaffrey as well. And so for, the, for all of these different avenues to align and for the Panthers to really show a willingness to go get it and to not have given up the house to do so, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, it's it's, it's a real interesting time. And I'm, I'm telling you, in three years we will be the force that we were back in 2015. As, am I saying we're going 15-1 and one in the 2024 season? No. But am I saying that you can look for the Carolina Panthers back in the playoffs real soon? Absolutely. And as a result of the dra- of the trade, we didn't even have to give up the number eight overall pick. Now, as we look and address that a little bit and go into the draft, we know that April 30th is right around the corner and it is time for us to hear... Those beautiful little chimes, and it's almost here. With all the movement that's been going on, it is, like I said, almost draft time, and most mock drafts have been updated with many of the prognosticators and kind of anticipating and expecting. Four quarterbacks to be taken in succession with the first four picks. Uh, The first four most often with most of the draft look like Jacksonville is going to select Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. The Niners taking Mac Jones out of Alabama. The Falcons, surprisingly, and they're kind of maybe the hinge point, taking Trey Lance at number four. Now, I am not sold on them taking a quarterback at the number four position. I would not be surprised at all for Mr. Blank to just trade back from that number four spot. And if so, that almost guarantees a quarterback, maybe not Trey Lance, but a quarterback being taken. Um, And here's why that's important. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals have uh, the fifth pick. They are in need of an offensive lineman. There have been some people who have said, oh, there's a deep, it's a deep draft for the trenches. And it is, but... um, I honestly believe that they, they need somebody to help protect their franchise quarterback because we know what their season looked like when he went down uh, after being drafted number one overall last year. And so they need to pick somebody who's going to be able to protect him. So in, in that slot, I'm thinking uh, Penesuel still, as I mentioned in the uh, mock t- mock draft top 10, uh, Big Cliff style back a couple of weeks ago. They need that lineman and they need it bad right there. Uh, And so I'm going to plug in a lineman there. Number six, the Miami Dolphins traded back up um, after trading down to number 12, knowing that at that spot, they were going to get somebody that they needed some offensive help to go along with their new quarterback, uh, who they have just kind of just committed to at this point. And so for me, I like the Jamar Chase right there. Um, and if you go down next to number seven, the Detroit Lions, although they just picked up Jared Goff, I think they realized that was one of those, oh, we got to do it. We got to do it. Uh, if we don't do it, somebody else to do it. Let's do it. And then as soon as they did it, it's like, dog, we just did that. And so I'm looking at Justin Fields in that position there, which brings us to the number eight pick. And with the eighth pick in the 2021 draft, 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 the Carolina Panthers, Panthers, Panthers will select, select Mr. Kyle Pitts tight end out of the University of Florida. I tried to tell y'all in the mock draft the first time. You understand what I'm saying? And I honestly can see a situation where he comes and slides to us at number, number eight. Now, there are a lot of folks saying, oh, well, they still might take a quarterback. Oh, no. Or honestly, there's. More likely than us taking a quarterback in that slot, Kyle Pitts is going to be gone. Because, honestly, if number six Miami still has, if it falls the way I said with the with the top five, then it's likely that Miami won't won't resist that opportunity to keep a kid down there in Florida, somebody who they know will be able to bring some, some butts to the seats and be in a dynamic player. This kid boisterously said, I'm going to be one of the top, I want to be the top tight end ever and he has the intangibles to do it. He reminds me of like um, a Randy Moss in a tight end's body. Well, Randy Moss is almost a tight end anyway, but in a tight end's body, but with the speed. I mean, there were three. If y'all looked at and took a look at any of the pro days that have happened throughout this uh, past couple of weeks, everybody and their mama and their cousin and their auntie and their uncle are out here running four threes. So the speed is up and down the, the, the draft this year. But the difference is the body and the style. I mentioned in a couple of weeks ago a couple weeks ago an episode from a couple of weeks ago that Kyle Pitts was kind of chastised or take has some points taken away for one of the awards based on how much he actually had his hand in the dirt last year. This year, he did just that. He had his hand in the dirt, he blocked, he ran, and still led the country in tight end receptions and tight end touchdowns. So Kyle Pitts is going to be a monster. If we are able to couple him at the tight end position with two 1,000-yard receivers, and and I and based on it being, like I mentioned earlier, a deep draft for the offenses, offensive linemen, we can get some linemen in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds and plug, start plugging these guys in. We actually just signed a new one in free agency, so another tackle there. Um, it, it, it's looking real good for the Carolina Panthers. And let's say, for for, for for giggles points, let's say Sam Darnold gets in and stinks it up. It's cool. We gave up a sixth a sixth pick, sixth round pick, rather, a second and a fourth. If once, by the time we get to the end of the season next year and he sucks... I've got an itching feeling that the legal battles would probably have been wrapped up by that point. And I'm almost certain he's still not going to, I'm not going to call his name. Y'all know who he is. Number four from Clemson university. I'm not even going to call his name, but if when his legal battles are wrapped up and he still wants out and if Sam Donald doesn't work, it is a perfect one year placeholder because although the Panthers may pick up the fifth year option They can cut him and it's not going to cost a lot. And we still have enough assets already here and with the draft from next year, because again, we didn't give up the house in the kitchen sink and the next door neighbors, lawn yard, clippers, trimmers, whatever. We didn't give up everything that a lot of these other teams had to do to get their quarterbacks. And so we are primed and positioned to be able to still do what we need to do next year and make it to the Super Bowl within two years. So... I am highly excited about this move. Sam Darnold, welcome to Carolina, sir. We we want you to come out here and we want you to ball out. We want you to get all of that Aaron Rodgers you got, put it out there. All of that Brett Favre you got, put it out there. If you got some Cam Newton in you, guess what? We don't even care. Bring that too. Just without the interceptions and overthrows and all of that. Yeah. But We are excited about having this guy here, Sam Donald, welcome to the Carolinas, and uh, we want you to come here and ball out, so glad to see him here, and we will definitely see when I win this, when we win the Super Bowl, y'all can hit me up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at Carolina Sports Talk, and be like, yo, you was right, bro. (laughs) I'm going to pivot a little bit and switch to the NBA, where, oh my goodness, the free fall continues the Los Angeles Lakers lost again to the Los Angeles Clippers with a score of one Oh four to 86. That drops the game that drops our record down to 31 to 19. When AD went out like a thousand years ago, what feels like at this point, we were the second seed overall in the West. That free fall has knocked us all the way down to the fifth seed, staring up on the top half of the standings. Um, I I, I'm I'm a little bit of alert Uh, I'm not gonna lie I've been saying it for a couple of weeks but it's becoming even more so now with LeBron and AD out of the record the uh, the Lakers have uh, without excuse me with them out of the roster being injured the Lakers have a record of three and 17 now uh, without those two stars and uh, granted I get it they account for over 43 points per game um, and they are both the vocal leaders, the instrumental leaders. And with LeBron, he's just basically the floor general. So without them there, it is going to be a difference. We have got to be careful not to fall too deeply uh, in the standing so that when they do come back, we don't got no place to go. Um, so it's, it's, it's. Oh my goodness We know as we mentioned last week That the Lakers did sign Andre Drummond But in his first game in a Lakers uniform He rips the nail off of his big toe And now he's out um, So we, we shall see where the offense is going to come from uh, One uh, attempt to sign Or one attempt to fix that uh, the Lakers have recently signed former lottery pick Ben McLemore from the buyout market after he was bought out from uh, the Houston Rockets. Uh, the Lakers carried two open spots, actually, after waving Quinn Cook. Who's my dog? I like a little Quinn ever since his uh, days with the Warriors. But after waving Qu- Quinn in February, they had two needs, front court insurance and wing depth. As I mentioned, the first was addressed with Andre Drummond, but um, him out now, hopefully addressing this, this next one. Uh, with Ben McLemore, the kid can, is a scorer. Um, he, he's like, I guess, like the typical three and D with some ball handling and playmaking skills, um, which we need because really, we are one of the worst three-point teams in the league. Um, and so hopefully he can be able to come and regain some of the form that he had from one of his uh, all-star season because he is a two-time all-star. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how he's able to fit in. But again, with with the Avengers over there collecting uh, all the infinity stones and doing all they can do is it's its not looking good for the home team. And not even on, in the East, Utah is playing some good basketball. We've got Phoenix. Yo, Chris Paul, when he retires, somebody need to go ahead and make him a coach like instantly because whatever he brings mentally to the team, because even though his, his physical attributes may not be what they were. He's still a quality, quality general out there on the floor. He has them playing some incredible basketball. So the West is going to be difficult. And to have our stars out for as long as they have, how much rust is going to be on them when they return, uh, how much are we going to be able to acclimate the newer players into the system and and, and just into the overall flow of it. I'm just hoping that um, things don't skid too much longer because – Again, Lakers fans, it is not looking good It is not looking good So, uh, LBJ, get well soon AD, get well soon Er, bro, we need y'all back So, speedy recovery to those guys As I pivot from speedy recoveries to new beginnings It is baseball time in America, y'all Play ball and your New York Yankees are as we typically do coming out swinging if you did th- if you thought we had enough bats apparently you were wrong the team didn't think so either we already've got Andrew, uh, excuse me Aaron Judge John Carlos Stanton, Luke Voigt, and you would think, okay, they got enough big bats, but no, they went and made uh, an early season trade, acquiring the second baseman, Rugnid Odor from the Texas Rangers, another big bat. One thing uh, that has always made me a fan of the New York Yankees is their desire to want to go out and win. If that means spending money, they're going to spend money. If that means going out and, and just acquiring whomever they need to acquire, that's what they are going to do. Now, this one, to me, was a little bit kind of head-scratcher-ish, if you would, just because, as I mentioned, we do have a lot of big bats already, and the Yankees only have one backup infielder in Tyler Wade, who primarily backs up the shortstop, uh, Mr. Torres, and so, like, to have him out here likely means that Wade is going to go, and Rugnit doesn't really play shortstop, so this one's kind of like about this but when you consider that the rangers um are likely going to pay uh, a big portion of the salary see baseball is different like that they they're in baseball they'll be like listen we don't need you anymore we don't want you we're going to trade you and pay for you not to be on our team uh and in this instance though they are getting back a couple of younger players um who hopefully i'm thinking they're hoping uh, would likely be able to fill the spots. Uh, we're giving up the outfielders, Antonio Cabela and Josh Stowers. So we'll we'll see how it works out for them. But again, you can never have enough bats. And I'm glad that the Yankees are going all out for it. Uh, one other major thing that stood out to me in uh, in the opening of the baseball season was the Texas Rangers. As we're talking about them trading uh, Rugnett to the Yanks, the Rangers is out here wilding. I mention, and I do mention often on Carolina Sports Talk, and again, this is Carolina Sports Talk with your man, Big Cliff. Hit me up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at Talk.net, or you can follow the page on uh, IG car- at Carolina Sports Talk. The Rangers was tripping, y'all. In case you missed it, 38,238 fans were in attendance for their opening game. It was announced as a sellout and it was the highest attended event in the United States since the pandemic began. It is the highest rated tripping incident of any sports team in the United States since the pandemic started. Now, I will say from all of the footage that I saw and from all the articles that I read that they are requiring individuals to wear masks. That's cool. Um, Their social distancing were available Basically, when they're walking through the vestibule and the halls and all that and everything out in the concourse, they're asking people to stand social distance in line and things of that nature. But when you get into the ballpark, you got people sitting up on top of one another and yeah, they're wearing a mask except when eating. But who's not eating at a ball game? Everybody's and, and baseball is a little different than football. Football, you go to a game, you're going to spend seven hundred and thirteen thousand dollars on two hot dogs and a beer and some soda. But in baseball the snacks are pretty reasonably priced. And so you got everybody out there eating and drinking, they're taking their masks off, they're high-fiving 38,238 fans. Yes, there are a lot of people that are vaccinated and shout out to all of you guys who are getting the vaccinations. But everybody's not vaccinated. And everybody they, they we're acting like the coronavirus is still like not a thing anymore or like it's gone. Y'all, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. Are we headed out of it? Yes. Are we out of it? No. Y'all, come on, Rangers. Y'all tripping, man. Do better. Now, if y'all going to the Rangers game, shout out. Just let me know. I'll holler at you two weeks after you get back. But yeah, nonetheless, we will we, we'll see. Hopefully, it's not a spreader thing. And I really, really, truly hope that it doesn't turn into a thing that begins to jeopardize the season because, Last year, with baseball being truncated and having a smaller season, um, it was just awkward. It was just weird. So, hopefully, we're able to get through this and pull through to the end of the pandemic. So, you guys continue to wear your masks, continue to stay safe, social distance, and be cool out there. While I'm talking to you, let's go ahead and jump into the mail call. It's mail time. You've got mail. We've got a couple of emails from you guys this week. The first one comes from my guy, Mr. DJ High Star. Uh, his email writes, What's up, Big Cliff? DJ Highstar on the check-in. Where does Paul Pierce go from here? And for those of you who missed it, Mr. Paul Pierce, ESPN commentator, basketball, savant, and truly just hopefully and most likely soon-to-be uh, NBA Naismith Hall of Famer um, went out and was on his IG Live and he had him some scripples, and he appeared to be high and inebriated and was out there wilding. <laughs> Paul Pierce, like he was like, yo, I'm finna to do it. I'm about to do it for the gram. And ESPN uh, was like, oh, yeah, we going to holler at your player. And they gave him his walking papers. But the email goes on. ESPN has, ESPN has always been the cornerstone in sports reporting and commentating. Um, however, there are several different outlets that have similar budgets and salaries for a talent like Pierce. Another big point in ES is ESPN and of course the ABC Disney connection. So not only does he get canned from a fly NFL NBA finals gig, he can't even use his fob to get into Disney world anymore. (laughs) Yo, they be tripping about them uh uh about them fives too, because that's that's what got Shonda gone from uh ABC and over to Netflix. They wouldn't uh give her one more extra five. She was like, all the millions of dollars I done made for y'all, all these shows I'm out here writing, and y'all can't give me this five. They was like, nah, Shonda, you tripping, man. Nah, that's too much. All right, cool. <laughs> and she gone to Netflix, and now they looking in with the with the sad face. And that's why Grey's Anatomy be so whack this season. But anyway, back to sports. Um, the email goes on. The bigger takeaway is the breaking of the bro code, the man law, and the universal unspoken husband rules by broadcasting all the fun with the boys and what a car night looks like to other people's wives and his own. I tell you, Big Cliff, this is a tumultuous time for Pierce. Um, th- this is a tumultuous time that Pierce is about to have with his wife. I hate it for him that he's known as the truth. And it was Monica. <laughs> DJ High Star, thank you for the email, bro. yeah, uh, Paul Pierce is tripping, bro. I understand that there are certain types of people out here in the world who like to do certain things, but um, yeah, that's just dumb, bro. You got a job making millions of dollars to sit around and do what I'm out here slaving and doing for free, man is your job man You get paid for this And you gonna go And broadcast Like I'm not telling you Not to do that I, I mean cause If that's what you do bro Again Do your thing You a grown man Hey I, I ain't got nothing To say on that What I do have Something to say on Why you got to film it You too grown for that You the truth You 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 you're too grown to be Hey look at me I'm videotaping myself Doing a bunch of stuff That is real cool to do Don't y'all wish Y'all was here too Bro don't you wish You still had your job At ESPN Come on, Pierce. You gotta be better than that. You gotta be smarter than that, man. And for that, you get the L of the day. <laughs> yeah, man. You, you just gotta be do. You just gotta be better, bro. Do better, man. Um he ends the E. Oh, I didn't even see the header. The uh header of the email from DJ High Star says, Fall Pierce, aka can't get right. Get it? Fall Pierce, Paul Pierce. Boom. Pssh. All right, our next email is coming from Mr. Gus Owens, uh, and it reads: uh, If I can get the email to pull up, it reads: "Hey, Big Cliff, new listener, but I like how you hit topics with passion. Uh, not many cover, not many cover the Carolinas like you, so thank you. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to the first black head coach of the Tar Heels in Mr. Hubie Davis." I really liked him on college game day and wish him much success as a head coach. Well, thank you, Mr. Gus Owens. You will be receiving your Carolina Sports Talk magnet. Thank you for being a listener. And anybody else, if you do have any other questions, comments, or anything else, shoot it to us at the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at net, and you too can get your magnets. Now, uh, back to Mr. Hubie Davis. I am highly, highly, highly excited about this. As an analyst, he was quality. Watching him as a player, both for the um, his days with the Pistons uh, and as well as his days back with Carolina, um, he's, he seems like a good guy. And for the Char Heels to have their first black coach, I don't think now is a mistake for that to happen. I think it's it's great timing. It'll help them a lot with regards to recruiting, but not just that. He is a good exes and olds guy. He was a very successful college player, but like I said, him having that NBA experience is going to be good and pivotal as well. He's been on the sidelines for the Tar Heels for the past seven years as it is now. And so the players are familiar with him. He's familiar with the schemes. I think he's going to be a really great fit. I do wish him well. Um, Lord knows we need a a bounce back, uh, season. (laughs) We absolutely need a bounce back season. Um, we, we, we would love to have another championship next year. Who knows? But we'll see what kind of job Mr. Davis can do out there for the Tar Heels. Just before I go, I, um, there's one little quick story I want to share with you guys, sports-related. Um, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, the new host or the temporary host of Jeopardy, was trolled on his first day <laughs> on the job. There was a contestant who, um, well, I guess they were in like final jeopardy, and the guy was a two day champion. He was um, war- already pretty much had it wrapped up, and he was like, Yeah, nope, I'm not going to take this opportunity to get more money. I'm going to take this opportunity to troll Mr. Aaron Rodgers. So, in the final question, whatever the topic was, the contestant wrote out, quote Who wanted to kick that field goal? Uh, And he didn't wager any money, so it was just, like I said, a free gag. But if you didn't realize, that's a reference to the NFC Championship last year when there was some controversy over who called the field goal and who was communicating what to whom and when and all of that good stuff, uh, to which Aaron Rodgers kind of of replied and chuckled and laughed it off. It's like, that's a good question. It probably should be the right answer, but in this one, it's just not. Uh, and had a good laugh, but nah, buddy took a good chance to troll him on his first day hosting Jeopardy. But keep on doing it, Aaron Rodgers. Do your thing, man. I'd love to see him once he retires from football to get that gig full time because he's actually pretty good at it. Uh, he was also a winner of the celebrity version of Jeopardy. And so he seems like it's a good fit for him. And like I said, with his little dry sense of humor, it's a good contrast to what Alex Trebek was. Um, but definitely good nonetheless And, and I, I hope he gets that gig permanently So, Well folks, that's going to do it For this week's episode Thank you for tuning in As always, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts Or wherever podcasts are available Make sure you hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net Or you can find me on Instagram At carolinasportstalk This is Carolina Sports Talk And I'm your man Big Cliff Hey.